Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. I am Michael Bryan here with Nick Hart. The Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins currently riding a 10-game point streak. They're number one in the Atlantic Division, number one in the Eastern Conference. No, this is not a rerun of last week's podcast. It remains true after three wins last week. Last time we talked, the Penguins were just coming off a marvelous win over the Toronto Marlies, who were then number one in the Eastern Conference. And the Penguins have followed that up with, I won't say convincing, but quality wins over the Providence Bruins and a nice win in Hershey Sunday afternoon. So I guess the winning streak is at three, but the point streak is at 10. And it feels like, well, that winning streak has gone a lot longer than in reality it has. Yeah, it really does. And I think that is because the you know the point, point, point streak, right? right um, it was a shootout loss to the Hershey Bears that – you know, whenever you get to that point, it's a coin flip. The Penguins dominated the overtime and just couldn't get the puck in the net. Or no, that was no, a game Hers- that actually Hershey that, played Hershey, really well yeah, in the Hershey overtime. Domin- yeah, Hershey dominated the overtime. The Penguins might have been I was fortunate thinking of to other get, overtimes. Yeah, it was maybe fortunate to get a point in that one, but they do. Yeah. And maybe those are games last year or seasons past where they don't get the points. Uh, I don't, I don't know, know about last year. Last year they yeah. won the McGregor Kilpatrick Trophy. Right. Uh, but it's sort of a continuation of stuff we saw last year. One of the words that we've been using a lot is resiliency. And we've heard that a lot from Clark Donatelli and the players in the Penguins locker room. That's something they said a lot last year. They never felt like they were out of a game. Whatever adversity came their way, they, they could uh, dig their way out of it. They proved that last year and Roots having the best record in the league. And they're starting to do it again. It doesn't matter if the other team scores first. It doesn't matter if the power play isn't working. It doesn't matter if the other team's power play is working. The Penguins find a way to knock it down on themselves, not droop their shoulders, stick to their game plan, and gut out some wins when necessary. And also, as we saw in Hershey on Sunday, they can run away with some victories as well. They don't have to always be tight contests, even though the Penguins were only credited with 13 (laughs) shots on goal. They scored five times in a 5-1 to victory. It's a heck of a shooting percentage. And I'm trying to think about this this team this season versus last season Mm -hmm. because – Obviously, the players are different. Mm-hmm. The success is the same just in terms of wins and points. But obviously, they're getting it done in a different kind of way. And I've been trying to put my finger on what the differences are. And where last year, I think of a team that score first, add another one. And if they got on you early, you weren't coming away with the win. Mm-hmm. I think they were a team that uh, went, they only didn't score first you know, more than anyone else, that wasn't their game. But when they when they got on you early, you were done. There was no getting back into that one. And they were also a team that they could flip a switch, and when they did, they poured it on. Mm-hmm. Dominant at times. This team is a little bit different. It's, I think they can get that spark. They can flip a switch. But it's not all of a sudden they're scoring three or four goals in bunches, though they did score two goals a minute apart on Sunday. Yeah. It's like they're getting they're flipping a switch and they're getting a key goal at a key time to either tie the game or pull ahead. Yeah, and it's okay if we don't know like what the differences are yeah. right now. We're only a month in. We're only 13 games in. Um, and I think another reason why it's been hard to discern, or I should say a little bit more difficult to discern where this team stands compared to last year's team, is that not just the Penguins, but across the league, there's been a lot less five-on-five play. There has been, and I could argue, well, the Penguins flipped the switch just fine against the Toronto Marlies, and they did. And I could say, well, the Penguins flipped the switch against the Hershey Bears, and you might say, oh, well, they only had 13 shots on goal, yada, yada, yada. That's because, like, in that second period, there was not a lot of even strength play. And you can go back to a game on this date or a game on that date and be like, oh, well, that period was just marred with power plays for both sides, so it's hard to really – flip that switch in that sense now whenever the penguins were at five on five against the hershey bears at giant center who was the better team shots aside who cares the penguins right. outpossessed them they won their board battles etc etc the penguins are capable of flipping that switch i think again this season but i think it will take maybe another month maybe even two it might even take until the all-star break until we can truly say okay the difference between last year's mcgregor kilpatrick trophy winning team and this team's this year's squad which is also doing very well out of the gate, is blank. Right. It, it might take a little bit longer just because, one, it's still early, and two, uh, we just haven't seen nearly as much five-on-five play, not just with the Penguins, but across the league yeah. to and maybe make those it's the, Maybe it's the diversity in the wins, too. I, it's mm-hmm. tough to find two victories for Wilkes-Barre Scranton, despite the fact that they have 10. 
that look what one's exactly like similar. Mm-hmm. They've all kind of had their own individual recipe, if you will. So yeah. uh, we'll see how the season progresses and what the personality or what the, I don't know, kind of the MO of this team ends up being when it's all said and done. But what we have seen so far, a couple things. Uh, the offense has been surprisingly uh, the number one, really, uh, the, the number one weapon for this mm-hmm. team, which is weird to say. But last year was defense, goaltending, and the penalty kill. This year, it seems to be a, a team that is able and willing to outscore the opposition. Yeah, and maybe if I stroke my chin a little bit on this one, maybe it shouldn't have been that surprising. Maybe we came into the season not thinking it would be that big of a factor for the Penguins just because we got used to the way Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins hockey was played in the John Hines era. And then in the Mike Sullivan era, you had great defense in Matt Murray in net. And then last year with Clark Donatelli, you had a phenomenal goaltending tandem in Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith and a phenomenal blue line on top of that. But this year you have... Daniel Sprong. We knew he was going to score goals. Right. That's exactly what he's built to do. You had last year's NCAA scoring champion and Zach Aston Reese. You had Christian Thomas, who led the Hershey Bears in goals last year. You had Colin Smith, a guy who's been a perennial playmaker everywhere he's gone in the American Hockey League. You're bringing back guys like Tom Kostopoulos, Dominic Simone, who's another year older and wiser. Jean-Sebastien D, who has scored 20 goals in this league before, like why weren't we expecting the offense to be a primary weapon for this team? First in the league, well, I don't think you can ever predict that you're going to score the m- most goals in the American Hockey League, but to be in that top third, maybe it's our own fault that we're a little bit surprised by this start because they have the weapons at their disposal. They do. Right. Well, it's just I think it was a familiarity, if you will, because you had Tristan Jari and Casey mm-hmm. Smith yeah. coming back. Here's the leading goaltending tandem from, from last, last year. year. And plus, the the big moves, I, I'm air quoting that right yeah. now on the radio, which is never good, uh, visual cues on a podcast. Um, the big signings were defensive for the Penguins organization on you know, free agent Friday, free, free first day of free agency. Mm-hmm. It was you know, Summers. Trotman. Trotman. Tenorti. Churchman. Tenorti. Churchman came a little bit later, um, yeah. a bit under the radar after those big signings. But, yeah, you have these huge – defenseman that could move the puck that had an element of speed and and you thought man this blue line is going to be stacked again and it is whereas kind of those free agent signings on the forward side they were more under the radar you didn't get christian thomas until very late in the offseason mm-hmm. um you know daniel sprung was coming in we knew about zach Aston reese but i don't know with the rookies it almost feels like jake gensel set the bar so high oh, that yeah. that this year it's like all right let's let's temper expectations keep your hopes high maybe your standards a little bit lower because they're not all going to be jake gensel yeah well that's the problem if you start comparing everybody that comes through wilkes Scranton to jake gensel you're going to start to hate hockey because <laughs> nobody is ever going to live up to those expectations or few people are um but i could say to the same token if you start comparing every rookie to daniel sprong you're going to be disappointed he really has a one-of-a-kind shot a one-of-a-kind scoring ability. He's a guy that's going to have you on the edge of your seat every single game. Um, he is different than Jake Gensel in the terms of uh, what he needs to do to get to that next level to become a regular NHLer, but he's still a very special talent in his own right. And once again, you could apply the same thing to Zach Aston Reese. He plays a, a heavier game, a grittier game, a more net front game. Like I, I don't know. I think it's just so fun uh, what this team has been able to do yeah. this year. And once again, uh we probably should have expected a little bit more scoring. We were just so used to the Penguins being a defensive stalwart, which right. it's not like they haven't been this season. No, and they, and yeah. slowly but surely, they, the goals against average against has lowered and, so, yeah. and gone up the rankings. But also, you think about the free agent signings at the forward position that weren't draft picks coming in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your Adam Johnson, your Zach Aston Reese. Yes, Garrett Wilson was resigned, But really, the free agents at forward – the big, the big ones are the older players, were all AHL contracts. Yeah. So maybe that's the reason they fell under the radar a little bit too, and you think more defense than offense for this team because it was the, uh, it was the free agent NHL defensemen that mm-hmm. were largely targeted by Pittsburgh. Either way, it's worked out quite well for the Penguins as they are now 10-2-0-1 on the season. First place in the Atlantic, first place in the Eastern Conference. Your leading goal scorer, Daniel Sprong, who is also – your leading point getter with 14 points. 
you know, in terms of surprises on this team so far and the points there and who's getting them and, and who's not, I mean, one player that stands out for me, uh-huh. <laughs> actually two, one on defense and one at forward. Okay, go ahead. Um, do you want to take a guess? Uh, one at forward, I'm going to guess, is Ryan Haggerty. Yes. And that's a big reason why the Penguins do have the best offense in the American Hockey League. Ryan Haggerty has as many goals as he has games played right now for the Penguins, 6-6. Six and six, Is that correct? Let's go to the map. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. Um, I didn't see that coming. You didn't see that coming. I'm not even sure if Ryan Haggerty saw this coming, but nobody's complaining about it, and that's been a nice little uh, badge for the Penguins to wear, putting a guy like Ryan Haggerty out on the ice on the – third line with talent. He missed the like, first seven games of the season. Yeah. He couldn't crack the lineup, and then he got his chance, and wow. It's taken full advantage of it. Yes. Him. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. But on defense, um, Andre Pita? No. Oh. Well, he has. he's had more points than I thought he would have at this point this year. Maybe I shouldn't be so surprised, but I feel like Who he's a little bit ahead of the pace. Who is this? Um, Kevin Churchman. Oh, yeah, he's been very good for the Penguins. He's been very good because, again, we talked about the signings, and I, I missed Jared Tenorti before, but Tenorti, Trotman, um, Summers. And Churchman came a couple days date later. Date-wise later. Yeah. Date-wise a couple days later, and it was almost, you know, we saw about we, we saw the rumors online, and it was a couple days after that. It was like, oh, yeah, Kevin Churchman's been signed. And I guess kind of the excitement of uh, first day of free agency had maybe worn off by then, but – I love what he's brought to the blue line. And he's been, I think, the most consistent offense provider from the defense core, maybe alongside Lucas Bankson. Yeah. Um, what I've liked the most about Kevin Churchman is the way he defends on the rush. Um, teams just do not get anything going, even if they're coming in two-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-two. If Kev- if they're coming on Kevin Churchman's wing, it's a non-starter. Like, they, they don't even get the chance to dump the puck in. He just seems to close in on you so quickly, take away the angle, and before the guy realizes it, he's out of options and he just throws it into Churchman's shin guards or throws it away so that the Penguins just gain possession and start their transition the other way. He's been really underrated defensively to me, especially in those uh, transition situations. But, yeah, the offense has been apparent. It's showing up on the assists. Finally got a goal. He felt so overdue. It finally <laughs> got a goal against the Providence Bruins, um, and a big one at that at that juncture of the game. And there's probably a few more points in the future for Kevin Churchman after he had a great year um, offensively for the Manitoba Moose. You see why he made it to the NHL right out of the gate. Right out of Lake Superior right State. Right Lake Superior State. And it also kind of makes you wonder why hasn't he gotten back since then because – from what we've seen, and granted, it's a small sample size, but he's been quite good for the Wilkes-Barre's Grants and Penguins. I'm not sure if he's the next guy up, but I'm sure he's making an impression with the staff here in Wilkes-Barre's Grant and up in Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, it's kind of stunning that he was only on an American Hockey League deal last year with the Manitoba Moose. Like, I understand, okay, the Islanders organization wants to move on, the player moves on. Yeah, that happens. And then, okay, people start filling roster positions, and you're not among them. Okay, so there's less spots to go around. I just can't believe nobody gave right. him an NHL deal or something like that. He's just so great in the American Hockey League. Uh, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Okay, I'm down on my luck a little bit. I'll sign the American Hockey League contract and prove to people that I should be back on an NHL deal and probably could play in the NHL. That's exactly what he did with Manitoba, a team that was not very good. He was a bright spot for them in a very dark season for the Manitoba Moose. And I can tell you one thing. The Pittsburgh Penguins organization was thrilled that they got Kevin Churchman. They were thrilled when the season started. And I imagine they're just as excited now that they have him uh, in the way that he's been playing because the depth on defense in this organization, I'm not sure if there's another team in the league that has it in terms of depth. I'm not saying Pittsburgh has the best defense in the National Hockey League. I'm not saying the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins have undoubtedly the best defense in the American Hockey League. What I'm saying is if four guys got hurt in Pittsburgh, who are their options? From the start of the year, you go with Corrado, right. Summers, Tenorti, Trotman, right. Churchman, Bankston, well, even well, if they ask, wanted to. You can like, ask the Lehigh Valley Phantoms because they had four of their defensemen mm-hmm. go up. And I don't think it went as smoothly as if that same situation would have happened to Pittsburgh. That's they fair. have to be thrilled with their depth. 
and Kevin Churchman is a big part of that, and the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins couldn't be more excited about the way he's playing. He's been great. Maybe this is your surprise. You already said it, but do you have a surprise from the first 13 games of the season on your end? Ryan Haggerty. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's uh, so simple, so easy, uh, but why why overcomplicate it? Yep. Ryan Haggerty couldn't crack the lineup out of the gate, bided his time, didn't complain, didn't pout whenever the opportunity presented itself. He didn't just grab the bull by the horns. He broke it in, saddled up, and he's riding that bull into every game there ever since, too. I'm going to throw a couple numbers, a couple stats out at you. Numbers. And whatever you want to elaborate on, whatever you want to pick out and talk about, you let me know. Cool. So the Penguins are 5-1, 0-1 when scoring first. Okay. Equally as impressive as they are 5-1 and one when allowing the first goal. Okay. Their power play, not as high as I think – you and I thought it would be 16.9% right in the middle of the league, like tied for 15th. Mm-hmm. The penalty kill is at 87.7%, fourth in the AHL. The shots for per contest, and by the way, we already mentioned the offense, which is number one in the league, 4.08 goals per game. The defense is now fifth at 2.62. By the way, Toronto is running away with it. They're allowing just over two goals per game. Shots for 13, 30 per game. Shots allowed. 31, that's 23rd in the AHL. Any of those stats kind of jump out at you or that you want to expound upon, or they just are what they are? They are what they are at this point in the year. Um, we're not even at the quarter mark of the season yet. We Crazy, have to keep that right? in mind, too. Yeah, we have to keep that in mind. I'd like to see the shots against uh, take a little bit of a step back, but that would be me nitpicking. Step forward by allowing, by going back in number, like numerically. Yeah, like, gotcha. Not not backwards in the standings, <laughs> like the number to reduce right. a little bit. Yes, but that's that would be totally me nitpicking. All right, I mean it's all pretty good stats. I mean you're not yeah. going to find you're not going to find a lot of teams in the American Hockey League that are as high up in as many categories as the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. One other surprise for me, I just thought about it: the fourth line. You mm-hmm. can't call them a fourth line. It's hard to. It's hard to. I mean Teddy Bluger has two goals, but Thomas DePauli, love what I'm seeing from him. And a season where, obviously, he's not injured. He looks like a new man. Yeah. He really does. Um, and the thing is, whenever before he had his uh, back surgery last year, he started to kind of get his feet underneath him. I think it was maybe a sixth or seventh game or something like that. And you're like, oh, okay, this is the player that Pittsburgh wanted out of the University of Notre Dame. Starting to see that speed. He's starting to be quick on pox, hard on pox, and things like that. And then he had the other setback, right? Right. So he came into this season without us really knowing who Thomas DePauli is. And now that I do know, boy, am I happy that he's wearing black and gold <laughs> and not uh, – He's got chocolate six, white because he was a Washington Capitals draft pick. Remember too. Yeah, he's got six goals, tied for second with Ryan Haggerty. I want to say it's a sneaky six, but I was kind of surprised. Oh, six, and you're tied for second behind Daniel Sprung. Good for you. Three game goal scoring streak too. Thank goals you. against Toronto, Providence, and Hershey. Finger on the pulse, Nick Hart. Um, what do we do this week? We have one game. I know it's weird, eh? <laughs> we talked about this last week. Like we were so excited about this weekend that we were actually talking about it. In last week's podcast, that I'm just going to be catching up on all my shows, oh. watching football, maybe even doing some housework. Like, what are we talking? I mean, I guess we could talk about the Devils real quick with the one game we have on the schedule. Sure, let's talk about them. Bing Devils, Bing Devils, right first now, ever regular season meeting with well, the Penguins and Bing Devils. Th- as of recording, they will play tonight against so, Rochester. Against Rochester on the road, so they're trying to get to 500. 5-6-1-0 entering tonight's contest. They have a goal differential of minus 5. They've been okay at the Floyd, 2-5. and five, Better on the road at 3-1-1-0 in away matchups. And you look at kind of their team stats and you know who's up there in terms of scoring. And Nick Lappin, 14 points, 11 games. Bracken Kern's a name we know. 11 points in 12 games. Their goaltending is okay. And I'm not sure if that's a Result of goaltending or defense, maybe a little bit of both. A 3.33 goals against. You know, that's that's definitely up there in terms of the American Hockey League rankings. Yeah, I think a big surprise this season in the National Hockey League has been the early success of the New Jersey Devils, their AHL affiliate, the Binghamton maybe Devils. Maybe at the Binghamton Devils' expense. expense. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think they lost a few pieces. Um, that also being said, I think they will bounce back as the season goes on. I don't think they will remain under 500. Uh, by the time we reach the All-Star break. However, I do think 
uh, making the playoffs is going to be difficult for them, not because I think they're a non-playoff team, but I think that North Division is improved over what it was last year. And, and they're a big reason why it's improved. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a different – I mean, obviously it's the Albany Devils. Oh, but yeah. This is, a, this is a different Devils squad, uh, I think, improved, like you said, as they move to Binghamton. So it'll be the first visit up to the Floyd to take on the new Binghamton team, now known as the Devils. So that's the only game on the weekend, 7 o'clock Friday in upstate New York, and then Saturday and Sunday off. So I know we've talked about it already, mm-hmm. but I'm, I, I need your help. I need a favor from you. You I know. Help? I need your help because I'm tired of help. asking you. Uh, I, I need, need somebody. somebody. I, Do we have the rights for that? Probably not. Okay. Just, I'll <laughs> stop. Uh, I'm tired of asking you about TV, and mm-hmm. you keep on saying I have. I haven't been what, able to watch yeah. TV. Like you need to put in some serious work this weekend. That's what this weekend's for. Okay. I have time set aside. Do not call me. Do not text me. Nobody do anything. But if you spend all Saturday watching college football, if you spend all no, Sunday, I'm not going to watch college football. Uh, you spend all Sunday watching NFL games. Oh no, the Steelers play Thursday night, so I might not even watch NFL on Sunday. Okay. I might watch like one game. Gotcha. You need to do. You need to put a serious divot in the in that TV that is piled yes, up. Yes, and I plan to. Okay. That's all I ask. How is that helping you? Because now I can talk to you about it. Oh, okay. I mean, basically, I just want to talk to you about Mr. Robot. Okay, Because cool. you're the only other person in the office that watches it. And I... Then I tell, tell other people to start watching it then. But they're not going to. Why you, not? I know it's, it's a on, very good show. I know, but it's on... Like, it's already on your list. You're yeah. going to get there. Yeah. Like, I'm... I, how many episodes are they into the season? Three? Five. Oh, yeah. I'm way behind. Yeah, five. <laughs> I got work to do. All right. F- four or five. Around there. It's more than three... And maybe four or five. Okay. I don't know. So you'll do that? Yes. Okay. Well then. One person we didn't get talked about one person we didn't get to talk about during our little recap of the Wilkes Brace Grant to Penguins is Christian Thomas. Yeah, we threw him a little shout out whenever we were talking about how we probably should have expected the Penguins offense to be uh, one of the best in the American hockey league because of the season he had last year with the Hershey Bears. He changes sides in the I eighty one rivalry, now he's with the Penguins. He had a good start to the year, seven points in nine games. He was third on the team a couple weeks ago at the time that he left. He actually left the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and joined Hockey Canada at the Karjala Cup Tournament, which is being used for Olympic evaluation. And We'll get to hear about Christian's impressions during the Karjala Cup, playing for Team Canada, and much more because he's our guest on the podcast. Indeed, he is back. He is slightly jet-lagged, but he's <laughs> back in Wilkes-Barre Scranton, and we've been able to tie him down to a chair and get a headset on him, and we'll ask him all about that and more. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back here on your Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. I'm Mike O'Brien with Nick Hart, and as promised, we are now joined by Penguins forward Christian Thomas, who I imagine is still working off the jet lag from the last week or so. Yeah, um, had a tough <laughs> week, a lot of travel, and uh, you know it's nice to be back, but uh, you know pretty tired. Well, we'll get you out of here after a little bit so you can go home and get some rest and get back on, what, is it Eastern Standard Time right yep. now? Yep. Daylight Savings is during the summer, right? Which makes me confused because you should so be much saving more, the daylight into so, winter. There's so much more, yeah, there's so much more daylight during the summer. Why do you need to save it? Are we on Eastern Standard Time right now? Yes. I don't get I'm, it. I'm team just get rid of the whole thing. Okay. It's too complicated. There are some places that abide by it, some places that don't. Let's just enter the 21st century and get rid of daylight savings altogether. I agree. Funny, I was scheduling an appointment or a call with someone who's in Arizona. Arizona, and they don't they do, do daylight, savings daylight savings time. Really? Yes. There you go. So there you go. But enough about us. Daylight savings time. Daylight savings <laughs> time. Well, let's talk to Christian, who's our guest. And the reason why you are jet-lagged right now and why you're a little bit sleepy is because you were in Europe uh, for – Ten, was it 10 days, 8 days? How long was it? Yeah, I think it was 8 days. Yeah. 8 days for the Karjala Cup or the Karjala Tournament. Kind of a pre-Olympic evaluation round-robin tournament. That's kind of the technical description of it. But what was it like over there? How many games? Who were you playing? G- give us the scoops. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Like you said, it was. Uh, I mean, it's a pre-Olympic tournament. Um, this is the first year Canada was in that tournament. Uh, 
Uh, they used it as an evaluation, like you said. And uh, first game we played uh, Switzerland and Beal, and then we flew over to Helsinki and we played Sweden, and then we played Finland. So it was a three-game round-robin tournament with, uh, you know, uh, two sets of three three teams, and you know they found a winner after that. So there was a, a cup to be won here at the Carjala tournament. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, we played Finland in the third game, and uh, when they beat us, they went 3-0, and so I guess they won the uh, the Karjala Cup, so they had a little cup on Are the they throwing a parade in Helsinki right now? <laughs> or? They were the host team, too, so. Yeah, maybe maybe that was huge for them, but uh, I mean, <laughs> they had, uh, they had uh, really good uh, fan support, and, you know, it was a lot of fun playing there. It was almost like you're at a soccer game. They're standing up cheering the whole game, so it was really fun. Well, that was the thing because you played the host, Finland, in the very last game of the tournament, and you end up scoring a pretty big goal. Was it tying goal in the third period? Yeah. It was, How did it that was, feel? It was good. It was fun. I think uh, I had a lot of chances uh, in the Switzerland game and, you know, even uh, even more in the Finland game. They just uh, wouldn't go in. There's some good goaltending, and, you know, I wasn't getting some bounces, but finally in that third game there uh, – you know, I got a good opportunity, and I uh, happened to find the back of the net, which was uh, really nice. Who was, who was on your line? Uh, each game, I had different line mates. Okay. okay. So, um, Any names we would recognize? I got uh, the second game we played uh, Sweden. I played with Abbott and uh, Howden in the middle. Howden used to play in the American League and, yeah. and the NHL. But um, who else? Uh, I mean, Andrew, how's Andrew Abbott doing? All he's doing is just winning Swiss League championships <laughs> yeah. since he left Wilkes-Barre Scranton. I mean, there's he's he's doing well. He's a great guy. It was the first time I met him. Really? Okay. Uh, first time I saw him, he said, "Make sure you say hi to TK." So I'm sure. I mean, they played together for a little bit, but um, well, I'm not saying hi to him anymore. <laughs> I just completely forgot <laughs> no, about me. No, he said say right? hi to everyone, but first thing you'd, you'd bring up TK. I <laughs> mean, I, I suppose I get that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Yeah, he, um, he still has a Wilkesbury little little um, what do you call it toiletry bag in his hockey bag really? with all oh. his, his tape and scissors. So that would confuse the trainers a little bit with mine and his, but. Uh, yeah, him and uh, I think uh, Simone Dupre played here for a bit. Sure. Or, yes, he or did. Or in uh, Pittsburgh, but um, trying to think of who else. I, I overheard you in the locker room, and i got to bring it up, that Simone – Dresses like Indiana Jones now. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, he had he had like a he had yeah. Indiana, he had it, sorry he had Indiana Jones hat. Yeah, he had like an Indiana Jones hat. Yeah, it was uh, his style was a little bit different. It was uh, <laughs> it was unique. Uh, I think he's going with the no cell phone approach too. So I don't no know. No silly. Yeah, maybe. Um, Maybe, maybe he's figured, so maybe he's figured something else. Maybe he's figured something else out. I think he might be a step ahead of us. That's probably why. I don't that's know. interesting. No right. cell phones. We were in 2017. He's in 3017. Yeah. Just way ahead of the game. So what was he doing if he didn't have a cell phone? Like I'm he's, sure there were times where everybody just buried their head no, down. He had his, he was, he'd read a book, or he would uh, if he had to get in touch with someone, he'd write an email. But hopefully, I mean, he doesn't see this and go, "Come on, man." Remember books? I do. Yeah. It seems like forever ago. I'm but Simone Dupre is still rocking I'm, the books. I'm reading a book right now, in fact. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe, well, I, maybe I'll email Simone and ask him about his book. Yeah. We're talking about reading books. Email book club with Simone Dupre. Yeah. And Mike O'Brien. Yeah. I think we're on to something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so any feedback from that, from that tournament, or is it something where down the line, or you have meetings when that tournament completes? How does it work out? Uh, yeah, we had some meetings as it went on, just, um, you know, one-on-ones with each player, catching up to see how they're doing, and um, uh, just little things about how the tournament works and how the evaluation works, and uh, I think there's two more tournaments coming up that uh, that are used for evaluation uh, before the Olympics as well. I think one includes the Spangler Cup, and then there's one more that I uh, don't know the name of, but uh, I think they use these last two tournaments here to figure out... Uh, you know, who they think uh, they should have on the team for the Olympics. So let me ask this then. Um, would they then ask back to those Spengler tournament, the following tournament, would they ask back the same guys that they took to Karjala, or would they try and grab, like, 25 new guys so they get a look at a different group? Like, what's their thought process? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I'm not sure. I think um, well, we'll find out, I guess. from <laughs> now on they'll go with probably the bulk of the team that was there at the Karjala, mm-hmm. uh, probably including some other guys they want to see. Uh, in games there with those other well the guys I played in Carjella but um, um, yeah I'm, I'm not too sure I, I don't really know how it works uh, for them when these tournaments happen they get breaks in their European leagues um, so they don't miss games but for me I miss four games going over there so it's uh, it's kind of tough I mean um, you want to play you want to play but yeah you, you don't yeah. want to miss play here it's yeah kind of it's it, it's a 
tough line to tell. Yeah, well, yeah, because I'm the only guy that was really missing games, so it was, it was kind of tough. But, um, I mean, for these next two tournaments, um, uh, if, if they wanted me, they would have to, I guess, speak to Wilkes-Barre again. But, uh, like I said, I'm not too sure all what right. goes on from now. But it was a good experience when it was all said and done. Yeah, it was a great experience. I'm really happy I went there. Uh, good guys. Uh, you know, they, uh, they're a bit older than I am, so <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> you know, I felt like most of them were in their 30s, so I'm just trying to, you know, try to fit in, and then uh, it was a lot of fun. Sorry, let me ask, what are the other teams like? Because a lot has been made about – you know, Canada, Team Canada and Team USA, and, you know, NHL not being included in this year's or this upcoming Winter Olympics. What are what is Team Finland? What does Team Sweden look like? Are they a little more, I don't want, for lack of a better term, stacked? Or is is it, are they going through the same thing that North America is? Um, I think they're going through kind of the same thing too. Um, like those teams, they had a lot of uh, Swedish Elite League players, a lot of KHL players, as well as, uh, you know, the Team, uh, team Canada too, so... Um, I mean, always when you get a uh, when you face a European team, they're very skilled, very fast. Uh, you know, they're good on the big ice there. So um, I wouldn't say they have an advantage coming in, or they have a stacked team. Um, uh, I think they're going to be all really tight games, and every team's got some so some good. So players. the playing field yeah. was pretty yeah. level when you uh, yeah from what you saw. I would say, um, I mean, you'd be surprised uh, how good of players there are playing in Europe there that you oh, for um, sure. you would uh, kind of you wouldn't r uh, realize kind of thing so yeah and like you think of a team like sweden like they lose their nhl caliber talent like nikki backstrom he's an all-world center uh eric carlson maybe the best defenseman in the world they don't have those guys at their disposal patrick line is a scoring machine sure. um, he's only 19 years old finland can't use him um but then they still have plenty of talent like you said christian like guys that play over in those european leagues are no joke um or we'll even just keep it simple keep it to canada right even though they lose all their NHL talent, it's still Canada. Canada. <laughs> it's a pretty wide talent pool to pull from. They're going to probably be okay. Yeah. Canada is going to be just So fine. on that note, how cool was it to pull the Canada sweater over your head? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, last time I did that was probably U18. Right. Um, yeah, it's been a while, but uh, playing for you know a men's team and putting that Canada sweater on is really special. Um, I mean – Going over there with all those flights, jet lagged or not, I mean, there's no excuse to not have energy to, you know, perform, uh, especially wearing that jersey. And, you know, um, especially, uh, you know, if you play well, you have a chance to possibly play in the Olympics, which is a once in a lifetime thing, which is uh, really cool. I imagine you had no free time whatsoever. Uh, you hear eight days in Europe, we're going to be in Switzerland and we're going to be in Finland. Oh, what a trip. But yeah. it's pretty jam packed with games, meetings, and, and probably just rest, I imagine. Yeah. Um, there's uh there's a ton of meetings. I think they're just trying to go over um, you know the system so everyone's uh you know on the same page. A lot of guys haven't played with each other and you know a lot of new faces, so it's it's tough in the game. So they're trying to make sure everyone's you know um you know knows what's going on. And uh, I mean for the rest part, it's uh, <laughs> that was the toughest part. I was waking up at about 3:30 in the morning every morning, not falling asleep. So I try to use those other hours during the day to try to catch up on sleep. And you know it was uh. <laughs> They're very busy days, to say the least. Did you have any finished food, or is it all like team-provided meals? Uh, we had uh, meals, breakfast, lunch, and uh, dinner at the hotel. That's every, all the meals, pretty every much. Every day, yeah, all the <laughs> meals there, yeah. Um, you never, yeah, really, you never, you never really able to f venture out for you know, finished cuisine. No, I, I don't think we went out for dinner once, to be honest. Maybe uh, some guys did, but worst I European trip ever. I know we didn't, we didn't <laughs> have much time to see anything, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was all right. It was it was all about hockey, I guess, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's still okay if it's all about hockey. Yeah, it is all about hockey. Let's talk about. Well, for those who don't know out there, your dad is longtime NHLer Steve Thomas, one thousand two hundred and thirty-five yeah. NHL games. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you ever get steered to any other sports, or was it kind of hockey from the get-go? Um, you know, I played a bunch of sports growing up, but uh, you know, my two main sports were kind of uh, soccer and hockey. I uh, chose hockey over soccer. Um, I think it was the year I went to the OHL. So okay. I think I was pretty good at both sports, but I think hockey took the cake, and you know I think it's worked out well so far. I always like hearing from the guys who had dads that were involved in the game, whether it be coaches or players or things like that. Like, how ha hands-on was your dad and your hockey growing up? Was he like, did he take a step back and just let you do your own thing, or was he really involved? Um, he was, he was busy himself for the most part. Right. I mean, he was, uh, 
you know, in the NHL the whole time I was growing up playing hockey. So, you know, we both have games, practices, which was uh, cool. Uh, he'd bring me to the rink and, you know, I would skate uh, after practice with some of the guys. And, you know, um, I, I don't know. It was it was good. He was he was hands on. I mean, he, he coached me as I was uh, as he was done in the Marley's minor midget and the year before that. And, you know, it was nice to have him on the bench with all of his knowledge. And, you know, I don't mind when he's uh, <laughs> He's nitpicky about my game because he, you know, he's uh, he's seen pretty much everything. Yeah, a good source, a good source for criticism. Did you say you were, you would, your dad would take you to like the NHL ranks and you'd skate with some of yeah, those guys? Yeah, he would, uh, he would take me on the ice uh, after practice. Some guys would stay out. I remember um, uh, shooting on, you know, some goalies, Cujo, uh, Marty Brodeur after practice. You know, thinking I'm scoring, but. I mean, now that I've, now I know they're just let me. Let yeah, me they just didn't so. go into the butterfly. Yeah. Oh, good goal, yeah. buddy! I, I just <laughs> sniped Marty Brodeur. Yeah. So, I mean, were you in every city that your dad was in? Because when you were born, I think he was on the Isle, right? Yeah. So I lived in the island, um, and then uh, Toronto, New Jersey, uh, Chicago. Uh, when he was on Anaheim, he was traded for the Cup run. Right. So we just stayed in a hotel there for about a month and a half, two months. Um, when he played for Detroit, we stayed in Toronto. That was yeah, his last close year. Yeah, close by, right? Um, more or less. Yeah, more or less, yeah. And then, uh, trying to think. He's got six teams. Maybe I went over all of them Chicago? there. Chicago? Chicago the other one? Chicago was yeah, the other one. Six, yeah. So, yeah, Tor I mean, Toronto, Chicago, New York Islanders. Yeah. New York Islanders. Islanders, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, New Jersey Devils, yeah. Toronto, and then uh, – Anaheim and uh, the Red Wings. Yeah. He was Sorry. a mighty duck. He was a yeah, mighty duck. I love that. Not he was not a duck. He was a mighty duck. Ducks, the mighty ducks. Yeah. Got a, got one of those jerseys the at home. Ducks of Anaheim. Looks pretty sweet. Yeah. The eggplant. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> the eggplant jerseys. Wait, hold on. I'm going to, I got to look up 2002, 2003 Anaheim Ducks jersey. Just yeah. So just it. like the purple and teal. Yeah. It's technically eggplant. That's the official color palette because the Disney company couldn't just call it purple. They had oh, to call really? it eggplant. Yeah. Man, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, Jersey. Yeah, this is not great radio right now, but I'm going to look this up. <laughs> You're just Google <laughs> image searching just, in the yeah, meantime. Yeah, I'm just going to Google image search. Oh yeah, and the and the yeah, and the sweet. horizontal, the, sorry, the diagonal stripe mm -hmm. for no down, reason that down just across goes diagonally. the abdomen. Yeah, Those because it was great. early 2000s. It was edgy. 90s and 2000s. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> some great terrible jerseys but i i actually do love those i love those like they're not like an ironic enjoyment like i love those jerseys those are an ironic enjoyment for me even for though that like that's pretty much like the height of my youth yeah like exactly early 90s like that's when i was was i teen yeah i was a teenager yeah so those th those jerseys were fly yeah oh, back when cool. i was a oh. teen yeah exactly Ooh. and that was a word we would use to describe fly. those jerseys back in the early 90s fly jeez <laughs> <laughs> i know sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> we're spanning generations here in a horrible horrible way um so you grew up in toronto you played for the montreal canadians right is there any uh, is that is that one of those things like uh, but yay! Yeah, you know I mean, I mean? I it's tough. I just for me, just to play in the NHL is, is my goal. I mean, uh, whether it's I mean Toronto would be I mean really cool since I'm from there. But uh, I mean uh, Montreal is a legendary, you know, um, a legendary team too. It's it's it was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, original was, six. Yeah, you was, can't go wrong, it right? Was, it was unbelievable. Uh, you know, being from Toronto though, a lot of my friends, uh, <laughs> you know, hate the Canadians and. Especially my, uh, you know, my dad's friends where he grew up there in Toronto. Uh, they bleed blue. So, I mean, they weren't the uh, <laughs> the happiest. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, they got over it. They're, they're a fan of me. So, it was, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. That Bell Center is uh, one of the coolest buildings I've ever played in my life. Oh, and, I can imagine. Um, oh, yeah. It's really special to play there. Well, you played in Madison Square. Did you play in Madison Square Garden? I played Garden? in Madison Square And then you played yeah. in Bell Center. So, you, yeah. you played in some, some good buildings in your yeah. NHL career. <laughs> yeah. Not too bad. Are those, like, top two? It got to be. Like maybe you throw the ACC in there, where I guess it's not Chicago's the ACC anymore. Cool. There's, there's a Madhouse on Madison, cool, but yeah. But they're they're MSG for sure. I think wins though. That's uh, like MSG legendary. and Bell Center. Like at the very worst, they're top three, right? At, at worst, I'd say top five. How could you even take them outside the the top three? I've like just in terms of like yeah. atmospheres well, and yeah. playing, because Madison I'm Square Garden, you have all the history. Like we talked about this with. Chris Summers last week, just like it's not even just about the hockey that's been in there. It's the 
everything that's been in Madison Square Garden. And now you take Joe Louis Arena out of it, I think maybe they get bumped up. Yeah, yeah, I know, Shane. I liked I liked Joe. I liked it a lot. I know it was old and decrepit, but that that and smelled like town, stale yeah. beer. <laughs> it had some personality. Yeah, I agree. it's like Fenway. Fenway is not a great baseball stadium. Is it not? I've never been. No, I mean in terms of like comfort and being able to actually look at the game without craning your neck 90 degrees to the left or right. It's no it's, good. It's not a great stadium, but it's Fenway. It's, it's Fenway. Hmm. Okay. So and you know, Red Sox fans, man. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, congratulations <laughs> on playing in uh, two great buildings with two historic original six franchises, Christian. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, yeah. Hopefully we, as, we bring, as we bring it back to Christian, as yeah. we do, no one likes being traded, I imagine. But I remember talking about it during the 2015-16 season because your travel, or at least your, your year on paper, was crazy because you're in Montreal, St. John's, Arizona, and Springfield. You've literally zoroed across <laughs> the map. Yeah. You've been pretty much the furthest east you can be in hockey to the furthest west you can be in hockey and a couple stops in between. Yeah. How was that season for you as you look back on that, it now? That was definitely a tough season. Um, you know, I started off in St. John's there. Um, you know, it was a great place to play. It was, it's, you know, a great little town, uh, great fans. I, I actually really liked it there. But, uh, you know, I was up and down with Montreal then and then, uh, I got traded, uh, I think, halfway through the year. Uh, I went right to Springfield, played about, uh, I want to say, I don't know, 15 games or so yeah. in Springfield. And then uh, no, I, f I, I, got, I got called up. I went to uh, Minnesota, and then I went to – I played a minute uh, in Winnipeg the next day and uh, played that game. Uh, got sent down for all-star break, so – um, my first game down, I played Bridgeport and I, I got hit and I tore my abs and I missed the rest of the season. So I didn't make it to Arizona. So so you got to the Coyotes, but never to uh, to the state of Arizona. Yeah, I met him on a road trip until All-Star break when I got sent down for the break. And then um, then I hurt myself first first game down. So You tore your abs? It's like uh, th some people call it sports hernia, but it's like the lower part of my my left and right. Ab, I guess. Yeah, so okay. I tore those, which was tough. Yeah. That sounds horrible. I, yeah, yeah, that sounds it, horrible. It's a <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> yeah. You tore your abs. So I was sitting in Springfield with, uh, you know, having surgery there. and oh. or Sorry, not there, but in Philly. But I come, came back there after surgery just to hang around the guys. And, um, I mean, there wasn't uh, much I could do. So it was, it was a tough, yeah. uh, you know, um, three-quarters you of the books? season. books? I lost some Tons of books, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Couple emails, yeah. Couple emails, couple <laughs> books. <laughs> Found an Indiana Jones hat. You yeah. know, like you do. I mean, like yeah, you do when you rehab it. That's hilarious. Um, how's the season going for you so far? Obviously, you had the Carjala tournament, which we talked about a bunch, but, you know, you're six weeks in. Um, you had that big season in Hershey last year, um, 25, excuse me, 24 goals for them. Uh, obviously, a bit of a, a rebound year after the, the injury time there, so – here you are, 2017-18. How are you feeling so far? Uh, I feel good. I mean, uh, we just started off. I think um, I've played nine games of the possible, I mean, 13 or 14 of them. So um, I haven't played many games yet. I think, uh, you know, we have a really good team here, and, uh, you know, we can uh, have a long run in, run in the playoffs if we stay healthy. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm excited for the year. I mean, good group of guys too. And I think, uh, you know, uh, when you have a good team and uh, – you know, you gel as a team, you get your points, and uh, you everyone has a good season. So, How was that transition, though, to a, a new room, new team, new organization, especially when you consider you were sort of playing on the enemy side of the rivalry last yeah. year? Quick quick adjustment? Well, I've been on a couple teams now, so yeah. I kind of know. <laughs> you know. You know yeah. how to, what it's like to be the I, new kid yeah, in school. Yeah, I know kind of um, you know how it feels, but, uh, I mean, for me it's always tough. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of shy, so coming into a room where I don't know too many guys, I don't really talk much, but uh, – you know the guys here have been awesome. Uh, luckily, I I knew a couple guys coming in, but um, no, I, I mean it, it's been good, especially coming from Hershey there where we played uh, Wilkes-Barre here 12 times. <laughs> you kind of <laughs> uh, when you see guys, it's almost like a, like a sorry, not a sorry, because <laughs> I mean they're, they're tough games. You know what I mean? It's uh, they're they're not easy to play in. Both teams are good, especially our division. But uh, you know I'm happy to be on this side this time, and you know we can uh, we can beat up on Hershey. Nice. I like it. I like that. The fans will love to hear that. Fans will love to hear that. <laughs> to hear that. Um, 
each team has kind of its own personality from year to year. Um, I like getting the guys in here and, and asking them, what's the personality? I know, like you said, you're nine games in and, and we're six weeks into the season, but having been able to s see what the personality of this team is yet, is it you know, extremely disciplined or you know, a lot of fun, jokesters in the room? Uh, you know, Is it a good bl blend of old and young? Uh, I'm going to shut up now and, <laughs> yeah. let's, and tell me what you think. Um, I mean, it's a good blend of old and young, I guess. That's the best way to put it. We have a lot of young guys here that are very skilled and, you know, um, they're, they're, they're eager to get better. They're, they practice hard. I mean, our practices are very tough here. And I think, uh, you know, we work hard when we're on the ice and then when we're off the ice, we have a lot of fun and uh, everyone kind of is, uh, is buddies with each other off the ice. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good team group here. I mean, yeah. I don't know how else to put it. It's a lot of fun. Well, that's fair, and that's good to hear. And I think it's time, as we segue kind of roughly, to pop in the question. Oh. just I'm excited to get here because we didn't ha we weren't able to do it last week. No, we were not able to we're do it. We are not able to do it. It's not what it sounds. It's just a horrible pun for the segment we have. Is it a pun? Is it a pun? It's kind of like shoehorning a wordplay in there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, anyway. Nick, explain popping the question to Christian since you didn't get to do it last week. Christian, every week on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, we have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. Okay. So they do not know who's coming on next, and we have them present us with a question that could be about anything, anything in the entire world. Okay. Cool. So... Obi, I believe you have this week's question. This question. Who, and we'll, and who's, who is this from? We will reveal after the question. Oh, jeez. Yes. Got upset. Sorry. There, there's <laughs> rules here. We don't. We don't. Uh -oh. We don't live in a society of chaos. This is. There are rules. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. I'm nervous. If you could be a color, what yeah. color would you be and why? If you could be a color. Yes. A okay. guy. A guy. One of my teammates. Yeah, one of your teammates, your teammates asked, this. asked this question of you. Well, just ask this question to be answered by you. If I can be any color. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I mean, this is like a Rorschach test. Yeah, it is. Of your mental and emotional acuity, I suppose. I feel like this is like Miss Universe, you know, and they get the hard questions. I mean, how hard? You spent, how, you spent how a week studying. How hard is it really? I'm not asking you the ge geopolitical no, climate just, in like the Middle East yeah. or anything. Not to be okay, it's to take it, like racism, everything. I'm gonna be red. This is my favorite color. Boom. It's your favorite color. Yeah. yeah. Red. And what? You would be red because it's your favorite color. Yeah, it's my favorite color. That's as fair an answer That's as fine. any. What would yours be, Nick? Mine. Uh, <laughs> green. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just feel a little green. Yeah. Green with envy? Green with nah, just uh, green. Like, uh, money? Nah. Like, yeah. I want to be rich. Just like <laughs> not not quite super bright, like a like a bright yellow or pink, but not like dark so that it's like a deep blue or purple. Like I'm green. Okay. Sure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good middle ground. Sure. <laughs> That's how I'm thinking about it. To be honest, I think my answer might be the exact same as Christian's. Red? Red. Yeah. I, it's my favorite color. Yeah. Easy. Red. Okay. Done. Hey. I feel like Chris Summers, who did ask the question. I knew. I, thought, I feel like that yeah. is not going to be satisfactory explanation for his sake. No. Well, well Christian and Chris can talk offline about that. Yeah, he's going to be okay with my answers. <laughs> I thought I I thought you guys mentioned Summers before. So yeah, I, I did. thought it was going to be some I spilled the beans. historical question for about the United States and then no, see I would have Well, is he is he very cerebral? I don't Does know. He I, throw feel out like, like I feel like he would come up with something like that just to make someone squirm. I mean, look dumb or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, he did say he studied psychology at Michigan. Oh, he's just shrinking heads right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Via via random questions. Yeah. Blind. What color would you be? And he's oh. like, oh, well, oh, no, That's red. Oh, no, oh. you can't say that. <laughs> Christian's just going to be up at night, like 3 o'clock this morning. Yeah. What does red mean? What does red mean? What does red mean? Why did I say that? God, stupid. Chris is going to kill me. Anyway, that was popping the question. That was yeah. good times. That was the best simple answer we've ever had to yeah. that. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Done. Um, where else do we want to go from here? Should we go right into three on three? Why not? Let's We're do on it. a roll right now. We're on a roll right now. Keep okay. it going. So this is our three-on-three three helmet. Okay. This is another uh, 
pre-made segment. So there are random categories in here. None of us have seen them. Not ahead even of me time. or OB. Uh, we had uh, with Madison, Digsy. Madison, the Mad Dog, Nickel. Our video put, coach. Put, make up these categories with an assist from our creative director, Jason Vogel. So none of, neither, none of us have seen these. What you do, pick out the category, read it aloud, and you have to select, we all will, your top three. In that in this, category. In this category. Thus the three on three. Okay. All right. I'll try my best. <laughs> I, that's all we can ask, really. Well, you're off to a good start. You got a category. <laughs> yeah. What do we got? Toilet paper brands. Top three TP Toil- brands. I'm not sure if I could name three to toilet paper brands. Yes, you can. Honest, I maybe no one. Is Charmin one? Charmin, Charmin is, is one. one. I okay. feel like that's the best one. Yeah, the Charmin Ultra Soft. Isn't that the commercial with the bears? Yep. Yep. Yeah, see, yeah. that's all. That's all I got. I feel like there's that's Scott. all I got. <laughs> there's Scott. Scott. Scott Tissue. Like they that. make a toilet paper. Sure. Yeah. And that's it. That's the extent <laughs> of my. That's <laughs> the extent of my. I, you know, if there's not three, I'm picking a new category. We're picking a new category. Okay, I'm down with that too. But I'm gonna rattle off three real quick. All right, you got the Charmin Ultra Soft. You got Angel Soft. That's another good one too. Then you have Cottonelle. Cottonelle is pretty solid too. But I think no matter how you order these, at oh, the very right. bottom is like public restroom sandpaper. Yes, that is true. That they try and pass off. Like the FDA needs to get on that. There is no way that should legally pass as toilet paper. I agree. <laughs> I'm I'm calling it. We're picking a new category. Oh yes. Yeah. This I, is a podcast th- first, ladies podcast and gentlemen. First. Ladies not, and gentlemen, I'm we not, have a second three on three. I'm not going I'm not going out with Christian Thomas on toilet paper brands. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. All <laughs> okay. right. uh, what if it's just like <laughs> top three <laughs> tissue brands? <laughs> Kleenex, there's no other ones. Top, <laughs> top three household cleaning fluid. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> what do we got? I'm going to find out about that category and choke him out. Choke him out. Things you would not want to happen to you if abducted by aliens. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I get you more excited. Here we go. All right. If you were abducted by aliens, three things you would not want to have happen to you. Like, are we I saying f- like, I feel like during the abduction or like you get abducted and return to Earth <laughs> and then like post abduction? It's a great question. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to come up with three things. I would not want to have any organs harvested. That's no, yeah. Okay. I want to leave the ship with all my organs. Yeah. Hmm. I don't also want to be like alien upgraded. Like, like no upgrades? Oh, like good. they give you like robot arm, cyborg arm. Yeah. Go, like go, gadget. Sort of like go, like go, go gadget legs. Like they work you do right. not want that. I'm not sure if I want that. I don't know. But you, the way you described it made it sound pretty cool. <laughs> because, one, I feel like governments will be after me for the technology. I'm going to be running away on my go-go gadget legs for eternity. That's crazy. Right. Mm, <laughs> Ness, the monkey's paw. Um. <laughs> oh. Christian, you have anything? That, I mean, I feel like. All probes, no. We're just going to get out. Yeah, we're going to rule that out. Like, like that's number one across the board. Like, no probes. No, thanks. Yeah. And we're going to keep this on the PG-13 tip (laughs) here Um, on the podcast. Oh, Hmm. getting adopted? What do you you want not to happen? (laughs) I want want to not not be returned. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I want to come back. So, not keep me. Don't keep me forever. I can't keep me in your alien zoo. I'm I'm not an exhibit. Yeah. I feel I, like he's just plagiarizing I our d- answers. Yeah, I <laughs> do not. Yeah, for sure. I do not. I'm sort of building off of your like alien upgrade. I do not want to become uh, the incubator. Oh, yeah. I don't want that? them to be like, "Hey, alien eggs. They're all yours now." Oh no, I'm good. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, you guys had great answers. Good job. You're you're not you're not in this at all, are you? I'm like I would not not want to come home. Right? Yeah. yeah. You don't want to stay in space. Like that's your number back. like All your right. number one. You want to come back. I don't want to get hurt. So not get hurt. That's so all right. Like so there's no rule that an alien abduction has to be malicious. They might be like, Hey, you know, come on, we got like cheese and crackers, we just want to check you <sighs> yeah, out. We're going to Vegas. Yeah, we're maybe. going to <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> the things I do want to happen. Yeah, yeah. Cheese so. and crackers. Dude, we live in area <laughs> we live in area fifty one. It's right next to <laughs> Vegas, man. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Oh, we're gonna go to Emerald's place there. It's gonna be unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I'd go. I'd go. The have pesto it. is unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> You're gonna so love it. Just depends. Maybe yeah. we. Maybe Best we in t- the universe. Maybe we turn. Ar- <laughs> 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 we turn around. The things you do want to have 
happen on an alien abduction. Yeah, yeah. Secrets of the universe. Like, give me all the info. Um, I would like a travel tip. Like, if we ever figure out interstellar travel, I want to be the guy that people go to. Like, oh, where do I, go? dude? You want to go to this galaxy? You want to go to this planet? I want to be the one who knows. I want to be tipped I off. Was, uh, wow, I just want to be. I want to grab cheese and crackers in Vegas with the aliens. Yeah, let's keep it simple. Yeah. No, you want to be the... You're the same guy who didn't want to be chased around by the government for robot legs, but you're going to be okay going to Vegas with aliens? Sure. Maybe, the maybe government's going to be after you with your <laughs> gambling aliens. <laughs> maybe they look like us. <laughs> I'm saying you're going to be able to tell the difference of my robot legs. You're going to be able to see them. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All right, so return home. I'm going Number one, return home. Yeah, we do not want to not... Not return home. So don't keep us. Two, no pain. No pain, no gain. No pain from the aliens. Be it... Uh, be it surgery or probes or otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Number three, we got to figure out a third one. We I think we had one. We just need to figure. No out. incubator. Don't no. put your eggs in me. Assuming that I don't want like xenomorph jumping out. You of don't me. want like you don't want baby aliens hopping out of you uh -uh. one way or another. Mm -mm. Sure. No, that's a no go. That's our top three. Yeah. This is a tough one. Top three things that we do not want to have happen to us if we were abducted by. That aliens. was a good team effort. We had to collaborate. Yeah. Usually we'd have like. Each have our own top three, but oh, I feel I like I feel like, I mean, how many things can you come up with really for that? I feel like all those might be the same three across the board. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think good work. Hands in. <laughs> Break. Break. Good <laughs> stuff. So, <laughs> where do you go from alien abduction on the podcast? Like, really, what's the next topic? <laughs> do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> yeah, you, we're looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about aliens. Might as well yeah. talk about ghosts. Do you do believe, I believe in, ghosts? in ghosts? I don't know. I I don't think so. But, like, apparently the Queensberry Hotel where – whose American League team was it? That was Adirondack. 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 Yeah. Apparently that hotel we stayed in was haunted, so I don't know. There's a couple of hotels that we stay at that are allegedly haunted. There's, the ho yeah. there's a hotel in Providence that we've stayed at. The Biltmore is famously haunted. Really? Yeah. Huh. Famously, in quotes. We've stayed at the Utica Hotel in Utica. Oh, at oh I thought the Utica Hotel was in Toronto. Yes. Well, you never know. Um <laughs> Listen. That one's supposed to be haunted. <laughs> that one's supposed to be haunted. Listen, take us off track here, all right? <laughs> <laughs> With your contrariness. Um, yes, that's supposed to be haunted. I think those are the three that I know of. Around like and then Adirondack, AH, yeah. Yeah, around AHL and now ECHL circles. Yeah. What is the, what is the, th not the crazy, yeah, the craziest thing you believe? Like Santa Claus is real or the Tooth mm. Fairy comes or, mm. you know, there's a JFK assassination conspiracy like what's the craziest thing you believe those first two sounded okay to me well like what if like you can't like blow the cover of those things like what if a, a kid's watching kids, kids love christian thomas okay <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough you're gonna blow the cover <laughs> santa claus is real i was just talking about yeah oh, what's the craziest okay. thing i believe yeah um Sorry, we'll edit that out about <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> Tooth Fairy 2. Sorry, uh, what's <laughs> we'll take two on this. So what's the craziest thing you believe, Christian? <laughs> like uh, a JFK assassination <laughs> conspiracy? <laughs> or um, aliens have come to Earth already? Or um, the dinosaurs were killed by aliens? <laughs> yeah, is there is there anything kind of off the wall? Yeah, that uh, by the like way, I'm not really editing that out. But no, <laughs> <laughs> the craziest thing I believe. This this is tough. These questions are like we we bring the heat here on the World's Greatest yeah. Grants. You're still podcast. jet lagged from Finland, like no, you're, you're I, I, I can use that excuse, but I don't I don't think I believe in anything crazy. I don't no. know. Not that I would think would be crazy. You That's the thing. Yeah. If he believes it, he know. doesn't think it is crazy. Yeah. If we ever find out down the line, Penguins fans, we'll we'll let you know. We're like update, we'll re yeah, update this. All later. I know is that one guy at camp believed that the Earth is flat. That's like oh no, uh, a flat like Earther. A flat. And I I was about to get in a fight with him. <laughs> I I was it was bothering me. But maybe you think that too. But no. Okay. Well, the, the flat the flat earthers are out. Like yes. that's a thing now. Like there are Facebook groups, Twitter groups. Yeah. Like people are oh, like, for sure. Oh yeah, like the great lie. That's what it's called. The great lie that the Earth is a globe. We've uh. all been led to believe, to the benefit of who knows, <laughs> that the Earth they've is been round. Lying us for years. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, oh, how they've won. Over the decades and centuries with this great Watch line. once we put this podcast out, people will be like, well, if you just read up on this information, you'll see the earth I'm is flat. I'm not reading up on read this Read the link. I'm all set. Yeah. <laughs> I'm set. I'm <laughs> set. Well, listen, I think we've uh, we've peppered you enough for uh, one, one afternoon. And 
I apologize and I say thank you as well for, <laughs> for dealing with <laughs> our nonsense uh, for our nonsense because this has been one of the more nonsensical podcasts we've had, but it's been pretty fun too. I'm glad we didn't settle for just toilet paper. No. Yeah. I know. I know. I kind of pulled an audible there, but I think we're all better off for it. All right. I agree. So uh, you need to go get some rest. Get back on Eastern Standard Time. Uh, congratulations on the. Uh, the participation in the Carl General Tournament. We hope it, it leads to good things for you. I hope so, too. That'd be great. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, we hope that your return uh, continues to lead to good things for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. And uh, this game upcoming against the Binghamton Devils on Friday. That's on the road. But don't forget, Penguins fans, we're back home for two home games next weekend, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and then the Saturday after Thanksgiving, that's the 25th, against the Syracuse Crunch. So come on down. Give us a call, 570-208-PENS, or get your tickets right now on Ticketmaster.com. And just for those of you who pine on a weekly basis for the Wilkes Race Grand Penguins podcast, we'll be off next week for the Thanksgiving holiday, but we'll be back after that with a podcast for Thursday, November 30th, the last day before the calendar turns to December. Christian Thomas, once again, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch up with you again uh, sometime down the line. Cool. Thanks for having me. For Nick Hart. Nick, say bye. It's been a blast again, folks. Thanks for listening. What he said, I'm Mike O'Brien. I second that emotion. This has been your Wilkes-Barre Granted Penguins podcast. We'll catch you soon.